0: and it's ending one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, we buy shit we don't need. Ideas are plentiful. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Not your fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. I'm in the parking lot at Highland Park Hospital, and. My dad, Gene DiClemente, just passed away about an hour ago. But I was thinking just in the past hour that, you know, we learn a lot about life from our parents, both what to do and what not to do. And I thought it would be kind of cool just to share some of the things that I learned from my dad in the 72 years that he had on this planet. Of which, you know, I was with him 41 of them. So we'll start with what to do. First is to work hard. My dad worked harder than anybody I knew. He was a fireman, worked his way up to commander of the Glenview Fire Department, was there for 27 years, shooed horses, did handyman work on his days off, was a blacksmith. Um had all sorts of different skills, knew how to fix everything. And one of my regrets was not absorbing more of that knowledge and and self-sufficiency from him when he was alive and when he was mentally capable, you know, before the the Parkinson's really started taking hold and eroding his mental faculties. Uh, The other thing was, you know, one of the other to-do things is make people laugh. My dad, I always looked forward to my parents having people over because my dad would usually have a couple of drinks and all of a sudden be the funniest motherfucker I'd ever seen and have everyone cracking up at the table. And I get a little bit of that from him. I'm not saying I'm hilarious. I get a little bit of that, like one to three drinks in me and all of a sudden, I feel like the jokes are flying in and I've got all these improv skills that I didn't even know know I had. And I witnessed that in my dad. And I remember being a little kid and just being there to watch and, and, and see my dad like laughing and smiling, stuff that we didn't see a lot, you know um, just in the day to day. And then, and having everybody else, you know, smiling and cracking up and just having a great time as well. Um, my dad was, I'll tell some, maybe one or two stories that are kind of funny too. Uh, not necessarily funny at the time, but funny now the other one, the other thing that is kind of, you know, to do that I learned from my dad was to, um, (sighs) to protect your family protect your wife, protect your woman, protect your kids uh, no matter what and make sure they feel safe and know they're safe. And, uh, <laughs> so when I was probably 14 years old, we were, we were playing soccer in Northbrook. Um, I played competitive soccer all my life. And, uh, so we're playing at this place called the Palladium and it's a soccer field in Northbrook. And they've got a uh, like a bike racetrack that goes around it. And there, uh, I guess my parents were sitting in the bleachers and there were some high school kids sitting behind them that were cursing and yelling rude stuff. And, and, um, just being really inappropriate. My dad turned around and he said, Hey, can you know, my wife's sitting here, there's kids around. Can you guys stop talking like that? Stop cursing. So he said it once. Um, and then it continued to happen. So he turned around and he said it again. I was obviously playing in the game, so I didn't know any of this was going on. At some point during the game, we were in the box and I jumped up for a header against one of their forwards. And the two of us cracked heads so loud. My mom said it sounded like, you know, two baseball bats hitting each other. And the kid was knocked out unconscious and got taken out of the game. And then, um, yeah, I finished. I finished playing, <laughs> but I was fucking concussed. So as the game was finishing, we're all walking out of there. And, you know, my mom wondering if she should take me to the doctor. And as we're going to the car, uh, I guess these kids are walking behind us and they start m- kind of making fun of my dad saying the stuff he said to them, like, oh, can you kids keep it down? My wife and kids are here. Motherfucker. You know, just kind of getting smart like that. <laughs> and and I didn't really realize what was going on. But before I could, my dad turned around and grabbed like three of these high school kids by their shirts, pulled one of their shirts over their head. And he had a big umbrella. <laughs> and He starts beating the shit out of these kids. He's got like, two or three of them all wrapped up and he's just whacking them with the umbrella. And my mom's screaming, Jane, Jane, stop it, Jane, stop it. And she finally pulls him off of these kids. And it's like, I remember everybody was like, Oh my gosh. And there was, you know, the owner of this, uh, soccer store that we're like, we got our shoes and our cleats and everything. And like she was there and saw my dad and she was like good friends with my dad's sister. And it was just like this, Wild moment that was super embarrassing at the time, but I also kind of understood it later, you know, um, and and understood. I was like, yeah, those kids should have got their ass kicked, you know. So that's that the the third lesson in shoulds, you know, is is protect your wife, protect your woman, protect your kids, protect your family, you know, protect your own. Um, now the should nots. I think a big one is don't if 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 you're married and you've made a commitment, don't cheat on your wife. I know my dad cheated once. I I think that was it. Um, that's the only one that I know about, uh, and it's you know because my mom told me, but it put a big, it, it put a big rift in their marriage, and caused a lot of problems. And I know that my mom was, she took her her marriage vows very serious and would never do that to my dad. But And she was incredibly hurt that he did that to her. And there was it, was, it was actually very interesting because I don't even know if I know for sure the woman that my dad did it with, but there was this moment where we pulled up to the fire department. We were in this old Chrysler town and country minivan, you know, the ones that like everybody had with the wood paneling on the side, the blue. And, uh, We pulled up, we were surprising my dad there. And my dad was out back with a pretty, either, I don't, I was a kid. So she was either attractive or whorish looking, one of the two. I don't remember. But as a kid, I thought she looked good. But I was also like, why is dad with this woman out back? And they're both having a cigarette, you know? And I'm like, I never even seen my dad smoke. And I could tell my mom was uncomfortable. And, you know, my brother, who's five years younger than me, was in the car too. And we were all like, what's going on right now? And uh, even just now, as we were kind of saying goodbye after my dad had passed, my mom was talking about some of the last things she said to him. And I, as she was like, you know, recounting and telling us what she had said, I thought she said Yvonne, which I'm pretty sure was that woman's name. And I'm like, what'd you say? And she's like, and then my brother just repeated, you know, the last sentence. My mom had said, you know, even though I, she said, I and I know I loved you, even though there was times where I wondered, you know, I loved you and I know you loved me. And I'm like, no, no, before that, I'm like, did you say Yvonne? And everyone's like, no, I swear to God, I heard Yvonne, um, which is weird because it may also be the woman that my dad potentially cheated on my mom with so that's a do not if if you're going to get married and if you're going to make that commitment like the one of the greatest assets if not the greatest assets that we have in this world is your word and you got to keep your fucking word and if your word is I'm going I'm committed to you until I die mean that and keep that promise it's more important than money it's more important than any possessions and material shit you can accumulate in this world is keep your word you can always get more of the other stuff but if you break your word that breaks trust and that's that's your character and that's everything that you are and that's way more valuable than anything material do not do not I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this. I was gonna say like, do not lose your temper, but that's not it. I think that my dad didn't emote, he didn't express emotions. I never even saw my dad cry. I I was probably in my thirties when I asked my mom if she'd ever seen my dad cry. And she said, yeah, like when I was born. And then at my grandpa's funeral, my dad's dad, I saw a tear run down my dad's face. And that wasn't even because his dad had died. That was because it it hit the death of my grandfather, the death of his dad represented the finality of the fact that they would never have a relationship. My dad would never have a relationship with his dad because they had a very tumultuous upbringing and my grandpa owned a landscaping company He wanted all of his kids to work. My dad wasn't one of his favorite kids and all this shit, you know, but, um, my dad was never really good at expressing emotion. And I think what would happen then is when he did express emotion, it was usually anger and it was often anger at stupid things, you know, because he didn't have the emotional intelligence. He didn't have outlets for expressing himself. He didn't have, he didn't give himself permission to, cry or say what he was actually feeling. The only place that really felt safe to my dad was anger, you know? And so we get in, I remember one time that stands out, like my dad came home and he was pissed off about something. And, you know, he'd had a lot of these moments where he'd flown off the handle. And this is where I was 15 or 16. And, you know, my dad and I had he'd take me down to the basement to box and he, you know, he had me put on boxing gloves and he was kind of slap boxing me. And I remember I cracked him a time or two and he was like, all right, we're, we're done, you know? So this was after that. And, and, um, and he came home and he opened up the fridge and he flipped out about the fact that the Brita filter wasn't, uh, hadn't been refilled. Like no one had put water in the Brita pitcher and it was me, but my dad screaming and I lost it. I got, I got up in his face and, you know, said something along the lines of what the F's your problem? It's so, a greater filter, you know, calm the f- down. And and my dad was get out of my house. And we're face to face. We're getting ready to fight. My mom's freaking out. And my mom is like, no, Jane, you get out of the house. You know, and it was like this crazy whirlwind moment in the Clementi, uh kitchen and I guess the lesson there and what not to do is don't bottle up your emotions, don't don't feel like or assume that it's not masculine to emote or express yourself or talk about things. Develop that skill set and have the courage to take off your armor and say what you're feeling uh, uh, to the people that are closest to you. And if you need to cry, cry. And 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 because that stuck energy it only manifests in other ways, whether that's flying off the handle in anger like my dad or cancer or some other health issue. Like that it, 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 that stuck energy, it, it, it gets expressed in some way. So that would be kind of number two on the what, what not to do. And then um, number three on the what not to do. Don't worry so much about money. My dad worried a lot about money, almost to like an obsessive degree, almost to a point where it's it's required a lot for me to detach from the fear and worry and scarcity mindset around money. And I think that it's important for us to realize that You know, the money's, the purpose of money is to, you know, people, there's all sorts of cliche things around money. And, and I want, I want the freedom that money can provide, but I'm also not a slave to money. And there are some things that, you know, to keep with the, with the cliche theme that money cannot buy. And there are things that are, that, that are not worth sacrificing for money. And and I see that happen a lot. And I see my dad do it too. Um, my dad sacrificed a lot of his time with his family for, you know, to make more money. And there were some aspects of like that, you know, Cat Stevens or whoever wrote it first, the Cats in the Cradle song, you know, my dad also, he was he was also, he made a point to be there for important things and sports. And, you know, he helped coach me in baseball and he helped coach my brother in soccer and all that. So I'm not making it out to be like my dad wasn't there, but fuck, I wish he was there more. I would have liked to spend more time with my dad. One of one of my favorite memories was like, uh, my dad and I went on this canoeing trip down the Namikagan going into like sixth grade. And I remember that being like, wow, this is pretty much like the only thing my dad and I have done just together, like just the two of us. Which was cool. And, uh, and, and it was this wild trip where you know we were we, we'd canoe and then we'd, we'd camp and you know there was this this mouse when we were sitting around the campfire came and jumped up on the log with us and was hanging out. and it was just like a beautiful memory. and I wish there were more of those. And one of the things that really hit me when when my dad's Parkinson's started getting worse and worse was that like, man, I'm never gonna have another one of those really with my dad. I mean the closest we got after that was like me taking my dad to doctors appointments and and transcranial magnetic stimulation and getting the mercury removed from his mouth and that sort of thing you know like that was the closest we got to like those father and son experiences there was, was always trying to trying to get my dad out of a out of a, a hole with with parkinson's um so it's I would encourage everyone to to really know like what develop a true knowing that you're taking care of. And I think some of that comes with faith and some of that comes with a relationship with what I call God. And and with that faith, knowing that even if I had nothing, I'd be okay. In part, because I know there's a lot of people who know that I'm a good person and that I keep my word. And if I was in a bad situation, they'd help me out. They'd help me get on my feet. And I also have the skills to get back on my feet. And when you have that, there some of the 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 fear and lack energy, some of that scarcity energy around money dissipates. And you know, there's there's also a difference it, some some people think wealth is things, some people think wealth is a bank account. Other people think wealth is family. Other people think wealth is is quality time and and truly knowing that you are loved and having the people that you love truly know and feel that they're loved, like that also is wealth, right? So defining these things is important and having clarity around the role that you want money to play and the experiences that you want to have. I think having that clarity also releases you from some of the scarcity-based behavior patterns around money that can separate us from the people we love and prevent us from some of these beautiful experiences that, you know, the, the, the time window to have them is limited. So I guess the the last things that I would say is if, you know, if you have someone that's dealing with Parkinson's in your family, or if you have it, um, surround yourself with people that you love and start developing faith At least that's, that was important for me. You know, I prayed that my dad would be, have a spot in heaven. And, uh, you know, even though he he did some, some things that maybe weren't, uh, ideal in God's eyes, overall, he was a good man. His heart was in the right place. And I hope that is enough to get him into heaven. And I hope to see him there when it's my time. And these situations are a lot easier when you're surrounded by people that you love and that love you. (sighs) And that's it.